Praise the Lord and good day to you wherever you are. Again this morning, just a few minutes of technology issues concerning the internet, but I pray that we're moving straight ahead now. Today, every Friday morning, that is, at 9 a.m., we have cross time with Pastor Curtis on the broadcast, and we hope that you join us every Friday morning to follow along with the teaching of God's Word. And what makes this ministry and a handful of other ministries across the globe uh, very special to me and should be to all Christians is that the focus God has brought back to the cross, the sacrifice of Christ, without which there is no power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, without which we can't grow and learn. And through these ministries, wherever they might be, that the Lord is brought back to a place of boasting only in the sacrifice of Christ, boasting only in that which separates us from the world and the world from us, and boasting only in that which allows us to know and to understand our God. As remember what Jeremiah, the Lord through Jeremiah told Israel, said if a man's going to boast, if he's going to glory in anything, it better be that he knows and understands me. That's Jeremiah 9 and 24. And I'm thankful for that, that the Lord sent the apostle Paul along some many years later and confined it down to one place, that place of knowing and understanding our Lord, that one place God says we better be boasting in, and that is the cross of Christ. God forbid that we glory, that we boast in anything other than the cross. And it's those ministries, my friend, that you will find a knowledge that's increasing, not just because they uh, have preached the cross, but it's through the blood that we see the Word of God in its righteous context. It's through faith in the blood, not just faith that got us saved some years ago, but faith today. Right now, every time we open our Bibles, we have to look through the cross to see what the Holy Spirit is teaching us because there and only there does the revelation of God come through that door into the hearts of men. Never forget that everything God has for His people comes through the door that Jesus became at the sacrifice of Himself at Calvary. And everything we offer to God, whether it be study time, praise, worship, uh, the giving of finances, the giving of whatever, prayer, fasting, everything we offer unto God is, is got to be through faith in that same door that God offers us everything. He not only offers us the benefits of the covenant in that that we partake of, but He offers us an opportunity to thank Him, but only through that door. To worship Him because of all He's done, but only through that door. Not just because of that door, but through that door. Everything God has for His people comes through that door. Or it's a liar. If you missed Wednesday night's message, please go and listen to it. 
Isaiah in chapter 59 says when the enemy comes in like a flood, that's not talking about like a tsunami. That word flood means a stream of prosperity. That's what that word flood means. It means a stream and it means a prosperity. And the enemy comes in like a flood. He comes in with other deceptive and deceitful ways of prosperity that are not God's prosperity of mercy and grace that comes in through the cross. Hallelujah. And that's where we've been caught off for most of the church age is in these, the, this flood. The, the enemy comes in with these rivers of prosperity that's not God's avenue of prosperity. And when he does that, the prophet Isaiah said, God lifts up a standard. Hallelujah. That standard, when you define it in the Bible and you see it's a banner, it's our deliverance, it's our escape, and that, my friends, is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I'm glad to know that today. Find a ministry somewhere that, that, that opens the Word of God and allows the Holy Spirit to show them and all of us the living Word of God and what He did as the Lamb of God so that we can experience the benefits of our mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. Today... We'll begin a new series titled The Disciples of Christ. The Disciples of Christ. This is probably a topic that would you could find many books written on. Many books, disciples, what it means to be a disciple, disciples of Christ. But we want to stick with the Bible. We want to stick with the Scriptures because it, it doesn't matter what men say. It only matters what God says. And, and where we get in trouble, my friends, is where uh, we God, God gives us His Word and we want to add some stuff in it, to it or take away from it and then bring the next line in. The Bible says that God's Word is line upon line, precept upon precept. It is not a line and then our, our two cents and then another line. Somebody told me years ago, Curtis, you just need to learn to read between the lines. And, and you know, that's where the devil lives. I'm telling you right now, that's where the devil exists. The devil in between the lines has his two cents. We have our two cents and there's nothing that can end up from our two cents or his deceptive lives. But Corruption and destruction. So it's God's word line upon line. No room for what I say. No room for what I say. No room for what the devil says. Look back in the Garden of Eden. They already had the word of the Lord that they could have lived and prospered forever through. But when the devil came, he didn't walk up to Eve and said, I'm here to steal what you got. I'm here to kill you and I'm here to destroy you and everything after you. He walked up and offered her something. See, never listen to those people that say the devil walked up to them and just told them, I'm going to kill you. That's not what he does. He walks up and offers you some river, a stream, of prosperity, some avenue that that you're looking for for something to happen. Some and instead of looking to the cross, that word of the cross that he offers you all things, hallelujah. When he lifted up, delivered up his son, he promised that with him, because he did not spare him, but with him. He freely offers you everything, all of the prosperity, the great inheritance that we have as joint heirs with Christ. But any other avenue, 
mixed with that, added to that, brings the corruption and the destruction through the lie that brings the mixture. God doesn't play around with mixture. We may be believers in Christ, but as long as I'm trusting what I'm eating on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, that's not getting me anywhere forward. That's making me weak in the faith and moving me backwards and not being ugly. If you think I'm being ugly, then you must think the Apostle Paul was ugly because he wrote about someone who's weak in the faith in Romans 14. But we need to always allow, before we get into this today, and these things are very important, uh, that, that, that we need to understand that when the Bible says that every word must be confirmed by two or three witnesses, that's not two or three people that come along and throw their two cents in. No, truth is what teaches us truth. Truth is what defines truth. You understand that? We, we don't need somebody else's opinion. Truth is what defines truth. Truth is what teaches us truth. Jesus is the truth, John 14 and 6. In 1 John chapter 5, the Bible says the Spirit is truth. Why? Because it takes truth to teach truth. Jesus walked on this earth and taught the truth. Those that believed upon Him were liberated. They were delivered. They were healed. They were set free from many bondages and watched Him work many miracles. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth was sent to us to guide us into all truth, all the truth of Jesus. So it takes truth to define truth. It takes truth to teach truth. And it takes two or three witnesses in the Word of God to confirm any other Word of God that we're holding dear. And when we're found holding a Word of God, a Bible verse, and another Bible verse causes us to realize something's wrong with the way we've been holding this Bible verse, we'll never grow past that and we'll only bring great harm to ourselves if we cannot move on and grow. This is the part of what this teaching is about because Jesus, and we'll get into this in a great way today and even after this session in later sessions, but discipleship is, a, is really about two things. <clears throat> it's about learning and following Jesus and learning and following Jesus and learning and following Jesus and then eventually because of what we have in Hebrews chapter 5 we become followers of Jesus who are teaching learners or learning teachers. It begins to mix. Remember Hebrews 5, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 5 near the end of that chapter said you ought to all be teachers by now. Teaching disciples, teaching learners. So let's get into this today because uh, we're going to see some important biblical truths as we learn about what the Bible defines as disciples of Christ. And we want to start out in Acts chapter 11 and we want to look it in verse 25. Acts eleven twenty-five, And this is when Barnabas, because of what was happening in Antioch with the Gentiles, 
them being saved when hearing about Jesus. And you have to remember this is a time when <clears throat> that was, this was mind-blowing for the Jewish Christians <clears throat> because they were still under the mindset that they were the only ones that God, they were God's people and they were always only going to be God's people. But they were learning very quickly that Gentiles were being saved, Gentiles were being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking with other tongues, just as they had from the beginning. And you really need to go back and read this whole chapter because it gives the story of Peter in Jerusalem uh, being in a dispute with the, the leaders, Christian Jewish men in Jerusalem, about these Gentiles. Like I said, this man, it, it was a transition and it was tough on the Jewish Christians. Wow, you mean the Lord, I, the Lord our God from all these years past is now going to save Gentiles? That was, that was different for them. Not that Gentiles couldn't be saved in the past, but, but this was far different. When they heard about Jesus, they believed upon Jesus, and, and Peter gives the spiel here of what happened earlier in, in, in this chapter. But we get to this part about Barnabas sees what's happening in Antioch, so he goes to Tarsus to get Saul, called Paul, uh, and, and he brings him there. And let's now, when we look at verse 20. Six, make sure that you pay close attention to what is said here. And I will try to help point out, of course I can't make you see, and I can't even make myself see, but I can look at the Word of God and believe the Word of God in the context of Christ and Him crucified, which is the truth that liberates, and the Holy Spirit can guide us into more truth more of the experience of the liberty we have in Christ and the experience of the things He offers as mediator. Watch now in Acts eleven twenty six, And when he, <coughs> Barnabas, had found Saul, he's talking about Paul here, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass, watch very carefully here now, that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church. Remember the word assembled. They assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. They assembled and they taught many people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch wasn't the other way around. Christians weren't called disciples. Jesus didn't say in John chapter 8, if you continue in my word, you shall be my Christians indeed. That's not what he said. We'll get to that scripture later, maybe today or next week, or the week after, not sure about next Thanksgiving week. But the promise... And the declaration by Jesus in John 8 was, if you continue in my word, continue learning, you shall be my disciples indeed. And that indeed doesn't mean by works. It means truly. You shall truly 
be my disciples if you continue in my word. And if that's the case, you will be called a Christian by others. They didn't call themselves Christians. They didn't come up with the name Christians. Disciples are called by others Christians, recognized. Not as somebody who meets down there in that brick building, that metal building, oh, they're this or they're that. Disciples are called Christians by others. We need to remember that. And in this scripture, what's noticeable, noticeable about them what brought about this declaration by others toward them is that they were assembling themselves in the church with the church and being taught and teaching. Two things. They were assembling and they were teaching and being taught. It's very important. The word disciple means learner. It doesn't mean follower. It means learner. And that's important that we know that. Disciple doesn't mean follower. It means defined, and that's what we have to do. We can't just say, well, blah, 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 blah. We have to know what these words mean. And a disciple means one who is learning. I'm being discipled. I'm being taught. That's why Jesus said in John 8, to those who believed upon him, if you continue in my word, if you continue being taught. Now there's a lot of teaching. 90% or higher of it is false because it's not being taught. The Bible is being used. I'm talking about what's considered Christian. The Bible is being used but for the most part it's being used out of its righteous context because the cross is not being pointed to. The cross of Christ is the avenue of God's righteousness. From there it's declared, from there it's offered, only from faith in that sacrifice of Christ is it experienced as fruit of righteousness. Every word of God is in Righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. Write it down if you've never heard this before or praise God if you have and you're understanding it more and more. Every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 8. And His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. Romans 1 verses 16 and 17. That means... If God's righteousness is revealed in the gospel and every word he's spoken is in righteousness, that means the gospel context has to be the context of the entirety of God's word. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. Luke 4 and 4, Matthew 4 and 4. And and Jesus said uh, that the life, the Bible says in Leviticus 17, 11, I believe the life is in the blood. And Jesus taught in John 6, verses 52 through 54 thereabout, that unless you <coughs> eat my flesh and drink my blood, that means faith in what he would do as the Lamb of God, you have no life within you. So 
If we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, Jesus said we do, but the life is in the blood, and it is, that means every word of God must be seen through the blood, and those who disagree with this just haven't reached that level of understanding. And I know we kick and scratch and call others elitist who are teaching this, and we call them self-righteous, bless God. And <clears throat> That's what we do when we don't understand something and we're not yet walking in it. But notice this today. There is no condemnation that comes from God toward His people. And there is no condemnation that comes from those who point out what makes others weak in the faith because we also have been and continue at times to be weak in the faith. Just because we experience what it is to be strong in the faith doesn't mean that today we will be strong in the faith. It's all a matter of what we do with the Word of God in the context of Christ and Him crucified because the Bible says that we walk by faith. The Bible says that we live by faith. Amen. There we can add that. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We live by faith, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. <clears throat> but yet the life is found in the blood. So it's not either or, it's a mixture. We live by faith that comes to us in the word of God, in its righteous context, which always points us to Calvary. Don't get tired of preaching the cross, my friend, just because people won't receive the truth of God's Word. Don't, don't get tired of preaching the cross because it many times is a lonely road. Uh, many times it's a... Many times it's a... It's a, it's a road of suffering. The cross, is, the cross provides everything we need, but there's a great reproach to carrying the name of Christ, to being a disciple of Christ, going to church. That's, that's one thing, but being taught the truth of God's Word and being a witness unto God and a testimony to all that know you that you are a Christian is a whole other thing. Most Christians, people that claim to be Christian, hopefully they are. I'm, I'm not the judge. You start talking to them today about Scripture, about the Lord, and they're going to tell you who their preacher is and where they go to church. But for the most part, they're not really interested in just getting into a conversation about the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God. You know it's true. Don't, don't get mad. You know it's true. I mean, start talking about the Lord on your job. They'll talk about four-wheelers and, and hunting and, and, and fishing and vacation and, and all kind of things. And, and they'll put off work and sit there and talk for a long time. But when you bring Jesus into the scene, they'll say, well, we better get back to work. We've talked long enough. You know it's true. Hey, I've been there. I've been there. But a focus and a coming back to Calvary is what causes the hope in our heart to be alive and true learning to begin to take place again because without the object of faith being the cross, we'll, we'll see it later in this teaching, there can be no learning. As long as I think this, which is not the gospel but whatever this is, if I believe this, 
The government of 12, the purpose driven, what I eat, what I don't eat, what I wear, what I don't wear, all these things. If I think any of this, by these things I'm growing spiritually, I'm not learning. Hopefully through constant failure, 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 having to pretend and fake and fake and fake, I'll get fed up with that. You see, that is what the law does. The law points to the one who came to justify you by faith, give you the power not just to be saved, but to have the right character among others, to, to be disciples that are called Christians in the earth today. Law wear you out and burn you out. And if that's where you've been found... Look to the cross and live. Look to the cross and find the peace and the joy and the reality that you can't, but He did. And through faith in what He did at Calvary, you'll find what you're looking for and you'll also begin to learn the Word of God in its proper context with the fruit of it. You will be disciples indeed with the fruit of it and they'll call you a Christian. And it, no, it won't be in a positive light. There's a reproach for carrying the name of Christ. There's a reproach for denying yourself in a selfish world, taking up your cross in a world that says that's foolish and walk in the way of Christ. There's a reproach in that avenue. And the Bible says don't be ashamed of that. But when they come against you and say negative things about it, the Bible says to glory in that. To glory in that. Hallelujah. So the word disciple means learner, one who is learning. And the reason the disciples were called Christians, let me read some of this. I want to make sure I don't miss anything the Lord has given me, put together for me to give to you for all of us. The reason the disciples were called Christians is because they were assembling and being taught and I've mentioned this, but let's mention it again. Because of what Hebrews chapter 5 teaches, we understand that disciples, learners, eventually should reach a place where they're now teaching learners. We never stop being taught by the Lord. We never stop learning, but we reach a place where it's enough of being a babe in Christ and we move from the milk to the meat and really... If you think about it, that's just a different and higher level of learning. Think about that. A higher level of learning. A young child, a babe, doesn't have to learn how to drive a car. That doesn't happen until a certain age. A baby doesn't have to learn how to pay bills. That doesn't happen until even a greater, older age. Babes are limited in what they have to learn. They're learning and what they're learning is of utmost importance because without learning what a baby should learn, they'll never be able to walk in the place of maturity of a greater learning. So as babes in Christ, we've got to get doctrine right or we'll never grow to a greater place of learning called the meat if we can't even get the milk right. 
So all the false doctrine out there that teaches works for salvation or works for sanctification, they don't even have the milk right. So there's never an opportunity for them to move on to a greater place of being taught. That's why information, knowledge can be stunted, lacking in the church, and growth can be stunted. If knowledge is lacking, growth will be stunted. Again, Hebrews chapter 5, you've been babes far too long. You ought to be teaching by now. You ought to be teaching learners. Learners that still learn but are yet teaching now. Do you get that? So, so we learn from Hebrews chapter 5 that disciples are those who are learning of Christ, continuing in His Word, and yet they become not just learners, but also teachers. So there, there begins to be a mixture there. And that's very important. So let's look at what Jesus taught in the book of Matthew chapter 28, a little bit of what He taught in Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 about disciples. <coughs> in verse 18 of Matthew 28, the Bible says, And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power. Jesus has all power for whatever goes on in heaven. <coughs> Excuse me. He has all power for whatever takes place in earth. We need to remember this. Jesus is the one who is upholding all things by the word of his power. Hebrews 1 and 3. Jesus has all power. <coughs> that means his power is greater than all other power. All the power of men put together, all the a greater power, all the power of Satan and his hordes of demons, fallen angels, everything. Jesus' power is greater. <coughs> we need to remember that. He says now, here's a command to those who will be called disciples and Christians. Watch. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Not getting into water baptism and the form and all that, but you see it. But teaching all nations. Go you, therefore. Thank God for technology. I'm sitting here in the studio this morning, and because of the technology that our Lord has granted us, we can sit here in a little country town and broadcast and people anywhere in the world where there is internet, which is most places in the world, they can hear this broadcast. You can take the gospel, you can teach from your couch to the nations. Think about that. They didn't have this back then. We take advantage of what we have today. 
Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Did the the disciples go and teach all nations? No. But they went and taught, and those went and taught until the day came, specifically us. Paul went into Asia. Paul went into places and they heard and believed and became disciples called Christians and they began to teach and others. And you see the process of progress in the kingdom of God. And that's how he works. So don't worry about you not being able to leave your city. Teach everyone that can hear you. Share with everyone that can hear you for some of those will leave your city and they will teach others that will leave where they are. And that's how this, let me say it again, process of progress takes place in the kingdom of God. Raise your children in the admonition of the Lord. Train your children up in the way they should go and they won't depart from it. And they'll take these things wherever the Lord takes them and it's the expansion by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, to proclaim the truth of the Savior and the Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. If we'll just start where we are, that's important. Many people sit by and and they try to think and the picture is so big They just say, well, forget it. I can't do anything. Start right where you are. And here's the important thing. Start now. Start now. And don't look at, try to figure out how it's all going to work out. Just start sharing, my friends. I believe disciples, the Bible proclaims, are learners. Followers of Christ is the result of learning. Proper learning. Continuing in Jesus' teachings, the Word of God. He's the teacher of all the Word of God. He is the living Word of God. It's going to always be about Him. And we need to remember these things. Wherever there's proper learning and continuing in Christ, the Word of God, there's going to be sharing that fruit there. And we need to remember that. He says, go ye therefore what for? Because He said, because I got all power. Ain't no need to be scared. Ain't no need to stay home. Ain't no need not to go and assemble and be taught. There's no need not to go and assemble and reach a place of maturity and teaching. There's There's no need in being fearful of anything. I've got all power. Therefore, because I have all power in heaven and earth, you go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of this age." even unto the end of this age. It says the world, but it means the end of this age. He's with us. We have all power. That's what he's telling us. He has all power. 
But by that power, He sends us with that power to proclaim what will give anybody that power. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Anybody, any color, any financial status, any nation, all nations, any tribe, any tongue, anybody, anywhere. Hallelujah. We're to carry this gospel. We're to carry this power that we've been given. And it is the preaching of the cross of Christ, the Word of God in that context from Genesis to Revelation. The demonstration of the Spirit and of power, Paul said, is in his preaching of the cross. He preaches by the power of the Spirit of God if he's expounding the Word of God in the person of the Word of God, Jesus Christ, and what he came to do as the Lamb of God. The power of God is in that, my friend, to save, to sanctify, to heal, to baptize with the Holy Spirit, to bring about all the benefits and experience that the Lord wants to load us with daily. Hallelujah. He says he's got all power. He says, go because I've got all power. And I'll be with you. And through that power, if you'll just go, I'll show you that power. So I guess the model here is the the, the picture here of a disciple is first they're learning, but they have to be learning proper doctrine. Doctrine in its righteous context, meaning... Christ, the righteous king of peace, the king of righteousness, and him crucified. The declaration comes from the cross. The offering comes from the cross. The entrance into that comes through faith in the cross. The understanding of God's righteous words come through faith in the cross, not any other avenue. We need to know these things. So discipleship really is about learning, teaching, really modeling that which we're learning and teaching, and sometimes correction, rebuke, is in a part of discipleship. And of course, loving. But it's not one... Or the other, it's all. It's all. We're learning to love. We're learning to trust. We're learning to teach. P- Peter would write, everything we got access to, it's come to us through the knowledge. Knowing, that means learning, being taught the doctrines of Christ in the Word of God. Amen. And, and I'm excited about that. And, 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 and I want to keep learning. For, for the true disciple, there is a constant learning, a desire, a craving to learn, to, to know more about our Savior, to know <coughs> His way in my life, His purpose, His will, His direction in my life. There's a constant desire there. And we need to know these things. So Jesus says, and it's mentioned twice, the word teach. Go ye therefore and teach all nations in verse 19 of Matthew 28. And then verse 20, 
teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. See, there we are back to that word commanded. This is why, and I need to make this comment in this first session as we'll hear it later, it takes faith in the cross to be discipled because discipled means in the process of learning. And what we learn from Jesus are commandments of instruction. And that, my friend, requires self be put away through denial so that we can take up our cross and follow Him. See, Jesus said, and we'll get into this more later, but to be His disciple, you have to continue in His Word. In John chapter 8. In Luke chapter 14, verse 27 specifically, He said, you cannot be My disciple if you don't bear your cross, if you don't take up your cross. See, self says I don't need to be taught. Self says I don't need to gather in a church. Anything that the Bible teaches us to be found in experience of, and we're not in the experience of it, it's because self is still running the show. It takes a cross. It takes faith in what put us, put self away to learn and grow and learn and grow and learn more and more. It takes the cross to be able to continue in the words, the commands of Christ. Why? Because what He teaches isn't just for thoughts in my head, but it's for fruit bearing, which means I've got to experience the words of Christ. Self can experience the words of Christ. Self has to be removed through faith in that which removes self, the cross, so that I can continue in the words of Christ, so that I can continue to be a disciple of Christ. See, if I don't go to the cross, if I don't keep trusting daily, even 40 years after you've been born again Christian, if it's not the cross you're trusting in, self is running the show. And that's why self is where vain imaginations come from. Self is where thoughts that exalt themselves come from. Self cannot continue in the words or commands of Christ. It takes a cross. Jesus taught it. It takes the cross to be able to experience what our Savior is teaching us. If it's only here and it's not in the heart of who we are with the fruit of obedience to bear out, self is running the show. Self is put to death when our faith is in the cross. Self, the sin nature, and the flesh cannot rule when our faith is in that 
which put them away. Do you get that? No, I'm not talking about, my friend, I'm not talking about one day when we get to heaven. When you get to heaven one day, there's not going to be living by faith or hope. Those things are going to be in the past. Now it's just going to be one of those. Faith, hope, and love. Love is what we're going to have forever and ever, but we're not any longer going to be living by faith. And we're not going to be hoping for something. We're going to have the fullness of what we've had faith in. We're going to have the fullness of what our hope has been in. Now is when we have to have faith in the sacrifice to be able to be learners of Christ. Because learners of Christ is not just about head knowledge. It's about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, guiding me into all truth with the experience of liberty, the fruit of my liberty being that of increased, increasing by the day. Increasing. We're increasing. We're learning more. Again, back to Hebrews 5. There's a time when we're babes in Christ and we're growing if our doctrine is the pure milk of the Word and and it's a good thing to be a babe in Christ. Babes learn, but they reach a certain place. The Holy Spirit says you ought to be teachers by now, but you're not. And he says the reason they're not is because they've yet to move into the place of the experience of the words of righteousness. The word of righteousness. The word that's now... The Word of God that now can begin to bring the perfection, the experience of this perfecting work. You'll never be perfect till you meet Christ, but the perfect work of the perfect one can be taking place. And that's what we need so dearly in the church today because <coughs> until we reach that place, you read the end of Hebrews 5, there's a level of discernment that you won't have. See, this being on the meat, this reaching the place of becoming a teacher, a learner that's now a teaching learner, there's a level of discernment there that reveals <coughs> good and evil in a, in a way that babes don't know. See, babes can easier be seduced. Babes can easier be seduced. That's why it's a sad thing to watch after people have been born again, they fall right in line with nothing more than do's and don'ts being taught and, and, and we need to know what the Bible says to do and what the Bible says to don't do, but it's all in the Bible. It's all in the Bible, but we also need to constantly, without fail, habitually point people to the only place they can experience the do's and don'ts by the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit, which is faith in the cross. Let me say it again. Self, the sin nature, wants to rule our lives as it did without fail and without pause before we were born again. 
Because the cross is the only thing that separates us from the world and the spirit of the world. Galatians 6, 14, and the world from us. That's why the Lord told Paul to write down to the church in Galatia and to you and me. He, God forbid that we boast in anything other than the cross of Christ that which separates us from the world and the world from us. See, it's a, the cross is the only means not just of being the difference between being lost and saved. Praise God for that. That's where it all begins. But faith in the cross is also a place where we walk, where we're no longer learning all the things the world tries to teach us, but we're learning the words of Christ, the wonderful words of life that are found in the Word of God in experience. Get that. The, there are many commands teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Jesus commanded his disciples. Then he said, take these commandments and teach others. And we're in that process today if we are disciples. Do you long for the opportunity to share your faith, to share Christ, to share the wonderful words found in the Word of God, the words of life? Is that what you long for? Have, have we been seduced and told, well, that's what a preacher's for? Have we been seduced and, and say, well, that was just for Paul and Barnabas and Silas and Timothy and those guys because they, they were just getting the church started? Have we been duped? Has self told us that? Because if we've heard it, that's who was speaking it. We have to come back to the place where we realized the very thing that happened to us, this great salvation that we received through hearing the Word of God, the gospel from someone, we're in that process and may we not dam up the progress of God's kingdom but be found in the process of progress in God's kingdom. And the way we do that is we continue in the Word of God. We continue in Christ's words, His commandments, in experience. Not teaching what we're not experiencing, but teaching what we're experiencing that we've received as commandments from the Lord so others can hear and fall in to the line of being found in experience and condition here while still here in this life, on this journey through this life, in a place of obedience. God sees us as believers in Christ as justified and obedient because we've trusted in His obedient work unto death on the cross. We instantly became obedient before we did one obedient work. We were obedient because we were immersed into the death of Christ, into the obedience of Christ. Into Christ and all that He is, we were immersed into that place by being immersed into His death, Romans 6 and 3, through faith. If we've been baptized into Christ, the Bible says we've been baptized into His death. Hallelujah. Not a tank of water. That comes after as a show, as a, as a sign that we have been immersed into the death of Jesus.
We have to make sure we get that baptism right. If we get that wrong, if we get baptism wrong, we'll never even get off the milk because the milk is tainted. If we think we're saved by water baptism, we're not even on the pure milk yet. And it takes the pure milk of the Word to ever reach a place of the meat. Think about that. How many thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands, maybe even a few million in our nation believe they have to do a work to enter the kingdom of heaven <clears throat> instead of simply believing on a finished and perfected work carried out, stamped as completed and perfect in the blood of Jesus. That's it. If we add to that for salvation, then we're not even on the pure milk of the Word yet. So whatever we go and teach, we're really not walking in the commandments of the Lord if we're teaching anything other than the Word of God in that righteous context. Because there can be no obedience in our doing if our obedience is not seen by God through an identifiable faith in His death. The death of Jesus is where God sees us obedient. So God's Word, us to open the Bible and say, we're going to do this. If the cross of Christ is not the object of our faith, faith can't come by hearing the Word now because I'm using God's Word out of its context. So therefore, flesh can only come and when flesh comes, corruption and destruction comes. But when faith comes, faith overcomes. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. We're going to learn, I believe, some important things in the Word of God concerning discipleship, the disciples of Christ. We're going to see more and more in the days ahead the truth of God's Word like we've never seen as a church before because there is an opening up and an increasing by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, of knowledge in these last days. But it's the knowledge of the Son of God. It's the knowledge of the redemptive plan of God. It's a knowledge of truth that's going to be increasing if we're walking in a place of increase. Hallelujah. I hope you've been blessed today. I hope you've been encouraged and edified and the Lord has either given you a more stable place in the truth or He's pointed you back to the truth or He's pointed you maybe to the truth. Whatever the case, I pray the Lord's touch has been upon your heart during this teaching. And that you would join us on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. to learn, to learn, to learn, to continue the experience of learning the words of Christ. I pray that you would join us and, and that you would share these teachings on social media. It's good to like it. It's good to love it. It's good to make a comment there. But the share button is how you join in reaching all nations. Let me say that again. The share button is how you join in the reaching of all nations. Join me in that, would you? 
God bless you. He loves you. I love you. And He's got good and better things in the days ahead for His disciples that will be called Christians. Hallelujah. Pray for us. We're praying, believing God for you. Don't forget to sow into good ground. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Again, that number is 903-231-5950. So into good ground. And if I don't see you again before Sunday, make sure you're tuned in at 10 a.m. And we can't wait to minister the Word of God this weekend. We're going to have communion Sunday morning. We're going to have baptismal service Sunday morning. So make sure if you are able to, to tune in live and be with us at 10 a.m. Sunday morning. God bless you and we'll see you later. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then. God bless you.